Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops is a sponsor of the podcast. And that's especially powerful for me because I remember when Cabela's came to town, came to Springfield, Oregon, and I actually played a role in the opening of that store. Instead of cutting the grand opening ribbon with scissors, I shot it with an arrow. And it was just a monumental thing. I mean, everybody here in town was talking about, hey, are you going to go to Cabela's? Can you believe Cabela's is coming here to Springfield, Oregon? So I know what a staple those giants in the industry are. And it's actually, it's one of the first places people go when they're looking to get geared up to be to become a hunter is they go to Cabela's and buy everything they need. So I'm very excited that we've partnered together and we can help open up those outdoor and hunting opportunities to listeners of this podcast. Leupold Optics has been providing my binoculars and eyewear for the last few years. I like that it's an Oregon company and they make such high quality glass. That's all I've really used. And if you can't find what you're hunting, it's going to be tough to kill. So Leupold Optics has really played an integral part in my success these last few years. Thank you, Leupold, for supporting the podcast. Every step I take, I move my truth. Every time they tell me stop, I use. Every comment, hate that makes my feel. Gather up my energy and boom. I hear them talking, saying the way that I move is so reckless. That is a part of my mind I've been blessed with. Giving my blood to why I'm relentless. Welcome to the Keep Hammering Collective. I'm Cameron Haynes, and I'm here with Rich Froning. It's a great honor. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Man, this is... I never thought, you know, you have these goals for starting a podcast, and my thing is, I always said I hate podcasts. Yep. Because I feel like I'm not an interesting person, but I can... I'm like, well, I can facilitate a conversation with a legend or an interesting... Or an outlier, and that's you. You're all of the above. Well, you're definitely an interesting person for sure. So it's it's an honor for us to be here and, and to hang out and, and uh, get to get to do what you do, basically, for the last... Yesterday. Oh, it was great. And, and you'd never been to Oregon before, I, right? I'd been to Portland once, but not oh. anything longer than maybe 24 hours. So I oh, didn't I actually see. get to get out and do anything cool like we did yesterday. Yeah. Oh, is I mean, what a great day. I mean, getting, you know, Rich Froning here to Oregon and training with you and learning. Um, <clears throat> I mean, just hearing more about your journey and your mindset. This is the whole point to this discussion and this podcast is outliers is what I'm attracted to just because to be the best at anything takes a certain set of skills and you've you rose to the top and CrossFit best in the world for multiple years and how 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 does that happen yeah and we, we talked about it this morning I think it's just a, the the perfect storm of, of things coming together I think obviously genetics play you know handily into that you can you can outrun genetics a little bit, but not not completely. I had really good parents growing up. Um, my faith is a huge part of, of who I am. And then also uh, playing sports, playing sports growing up and having really good mentors and coaches and in sports and learning mm-hmm. a, a ton through that. So I think it's <clears throat> it's hard to pinpoint one thing. I think it's it's a bunch of things that came together perfectly. Yeah, because, you know, I'm not a big CrossFit guy. I'm a big... Um, icon guy though and you're you're an icon so just like i was saying i I used to i never biked and did any tour de france stuff but i loved watching lance same i feel the same about you where i I didn't do crossfit but i loved watching you compete and win um but so from the outside in here's my point yeah every guy there looks shredded every guy's in coming in shape every guy obviously trains so why do you 
beat every single other guy. If, if you if you say these are all genetic freaks, essentially, yeah, they all you, are. Said, yeah. you said part of it's genetics. Yep, yep. So what what makes you stand apart? Do you think is it a mental? Is it? <clears throat> yeah, I would say you know if if you're looking at if you're really getting down into the weeds of it, most guys there. Um, and and the girls on the the women's side are genetic freaks. They're mm-hmm. outliers for sure. But I think the the missing piece is, like I said, the the mental side of it that came from. I think I was one of the first ones to really play or do CrossFit kind of as a sport. So you know, like a lot of guys in my era when I first started were, oh, I'm just going to stay in my lane and just do what I can. But I was always watching and trying to either, um, either you know, play, play games with them while we were competing, or you're, you're kind of watching and, and pushing them more than they want to be pushed, or, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to like, kind of assess the situation as it went versus just staying, you know, completely hyper focused on what I was doing, you're still got to be moving around and watching. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like I said, that came from sport. But then also, if you look at, you know, like I said, I playing high school baseball, we ran more than the track and, and cross country team. A lot of the times we always joked because, um, coach Schaffin, our, our baseball coach was big on mental toughness. Like, you know, yeah. he didn't know, he, he always says he was doing CrossFit before CrossFit was cool. Um, you know, we did just a ton of, of circuit type stuff, but then also we would just run. And so it was more of a, of a mental conditioning than it was even physical. And so mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, I think that, that laid the foundation for, and, and I just always had this kind of inner drive of, I was a, like who I am at my core as a competitor, I hate to lose. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, I want to, I want to try to win. And so I think that, you know, like I said, all those things coupled together made me the the competitor that I was. Yeah. Well, or am I guess. And so when, when you were in the heat of the moment, could you look at other athletes and see if there was I know everybody has to have a poker face, but could you see if there's a chink in the armor? Yeah, depending on the workout, you know, and and also watching videos that, you know, CrossFit at the time and still is, you know, it was one of those things that people were putting out content. So you could kind of see, all right, I know, or you, back when, when I was first starting, we had, um, and and they're getting back to that where everybody did the same workouts at, at each point so Mm -hmm. you had the open where everybody did the same workout you had regionals where everybody did the same workout and then you had the game so you kind of had an idea of hey this person's really good at this hey this person's really good at this or um you kind of had an idea of either a weakness or a strength you know Mm -hmm. so it was like and i would on certain events if i knew i wasn't going to win that event hey how can i damage control here and not lose points. You know, you learn that too, as you go is it's a long weekend. It's, you know, for us, you know, when it first started, it was like Friday to Sunday and then it's evolved to this thing where it's Wednesday through Sunday. So it is a, it's a bit of an endurance event because Mm -hmm. you're doing multiple events through us through throughout the day. Right. And so, all right, how can I, you know, not take a huge loss here on an event that I know that is not my, you know, in my wheelhouse Forte, yeah. and, and, and still, you know, stay competitive. And then when, when it's my time to shine and it's an event that I know I can throttle down on, mm-hmm. then I'll throttle down on it. And then, you know, you're playing that game all weekend and then hopefully, hopefully by Sunday, you're just kind of in cruise control. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think early on, I was one of the first ones to really kind of start doing that. And then, um, I think a lot of people are doing that now they've kind of figured out, Hey, this is a, it's not a just, it's a one event at a time, yeah. but you're also playing big picture at the same time. Is, uh, do you ever go, I think maybe your first win, did I read that you won like most of the events or? I won a few events. I can't remember, you know, probably, 
usually on Sunday. Sunday was oh, usually the okay. day where I won a lot of events because everybody was kind of run down to that point. Mm-hmm. And, and the training that we had done, we were probably one of the first ones to do multiple workouts a day. You know, like when I first started CrossFit, oh, you can't do more than one workout a day. That intensity is going to, it's going to kill you. You're going to die. Yeah. And so, um, I remember the first day we did two workouts, like we did a workout in the morning and then that afternoon we were bored. We we're like, Hey, you want to try to work out again? We're like, I don't know. They say you're going to die. Daily doubles. <clears throat> and so, you know, that was, that was early on and we didn't die. So we were like, Oh, we can work out twice a day now. And then it evolved yeah. into like three or four times a day and you know, where we're at now. So it, uh, you know, it, we've kind of, I've, I've grown up with the sport as it, as it's uh, evolved and as it's changed. And <clears throat> so yeah, it was just, it was just a different world, you know, like we, uh, we, when, when I first started, now there's all these machines that you can use. we got air runners, we got different bikes, we got, you know, rowers, skiers. But back when, when, back in my day, we, <laughs> we did more barbell stuff yeah. and then you do more body weight stuff for cardio. You know, there was no, mm-hmm. like, you know, you couldn't just hop on a different machine and, and do those things. So, um, it's fun. And that's, that's why I really enjoy CrossFit. There's just so many different things to work on that, you know, you start to get better at one thing and something else falls off. So mm-hmm. it's not just the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, with that, so you, you added on all that training, sounds like you started with daily doubles and triples and whatever else. So how were you recovering? What did you find that helped your body be able to step back up and put in more work? We were talking about this morning when you were saying, you know, we were asking how do you run all these miles and, mm-hmm. and your, your body not fall apart and you're like, just genetics really. And I think, um, for me, it, it was genetics. I mm-hmm. think, you know, having, having good, uh, good movement, good mobility, which you get basically through genetics. I mean, obviously you can work on some mobility and, but, um, really stepping back when I first started and trying to learn proper technique on anything, everything and being efficient, mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying, over 20 miles in an inefficiency in running is going to cost you. And then over yeah. 200 miles, it's going to cost you even more. And so mm-hmm. I think that's really what helped me across the weekend as I moved well. And then by Sunday where everybody else was kind of falling apart and they had these little inconsistencies in their movement, mm-hmm. I was good to go. And yeah. so usually by Sunday, I wasn't, wasn't as beat up as everybody else. And did you, did that give you a big uh, confidence boost going in that last day? Cause you knew in your head that you were better prepared for, I mean, I'm wearing your into the, into storm. the storm. That's right. Yeah. yeah love I it. mean, is that, that mentality? So where they might be faltering or wondering, how is this guy never getting tired? You were, you were conversely getting more confident. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, you play head games and it, it's, we always joke. And I was, I was talking to somebody the other day at this uh, water blues and one of the younger athletes and I'm, you know, asking them how they're feeling and I'm sore. And I'm like, you never tell anybody you're sore. <laughs> yeah. You're tight. Everything's just tight. No, I'm just uh, a little tight. I feel good. You know, you yeah. could be dying on the inside, but right. as soon as you let somebody know you're sore, or you're hurting, then it's, it's, it's that little, they got yeah. that edge, you know, and yeah. you were talking about getting the edge. And so, yeah, you're always, you never sore. It's mm-hmm. just tight. I'm just a little tight, you know, like running 20 miles yesterday. I'm just a little tight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did great. And I mean, I did want to uh, reference the point where you said you do everything I, I think can controlled or um, measured. I noticed lifting yesterday form is the opposite of my form. My form is terrible. Hey, we, you, you did good. You did good. <laughs> but your form on everything was just impeccable doing perfect reps. And it's like, man, that's gotta be the key. It's, it's the key. So it's exactly what you were saying with running, you know, mm-hmm. like if you've got incredible technique, it's probably genetic. It just happens the way it is, but the less movement, the less, you know, there's, we always talk about in CrossFit, there's like intensity versus technique versus intensity. So mm-hmm. they don't, they shouldn't be 
two separate things at odds with each other, but you do, you're going to every once in a while, if you're, you know, when you get to that point where you're racing somebody at the end of a race, mm-hmm. you're probably going to push a little bit outside your technique, yeah. but you don't want to ever, it's like NASCAR. And we always say like, you want to push that line of how fast you can go with just barely kissing that wall or not yeah. touching that wall at all. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's definitely a technique aspect, especially if we're, you know, we're just having fun yesterday, throwing down a little bit and, yeah. and doing a pump sesh. So yeah, there's no, I'm not really pushing that line of like trying to go really fast, yeah. wanting to main ch- maintain and, and do, and I think we do a lot of that type of stuff is like, all right, you know, some stuff we do is for time and some stuff is, you know, a CrossFit, pure mm-hmm. CrossFit workout, but we do a lot of technique work. We do a lot of kind of what I would say, building a little bit of volume under fatigue, with good technique, right. not sacrificing mm-hmm. um, so that when it does come down to crunch time, if we have to go a little faster, you can go a little faster, but yeah. you've built all this volume with good technique. It just kind of falls into place. Yeah. And I think that was evident. We talked about that clip too. That I, As I said, I'm more of a fan, so oh, I've yeah. watched yeah, these clips, but you had that one event, team event where you, they, uh, the team ahead of you, you're in second place, I believe, but they did get six reps. So, yeah, it was they were stuck seven on thrusters. Yep. Oh, seven yep. thrusters. Yep. They were stuck. At, and you guys walked up in control and tell me what happened. Yeah, so it was an event where um, we were the second pair to go and the first pair had gone and, and um, we'd kind of eaten into the lead that I think actually they it was almost dead even with another team. So it was me and Andrea that had showed up and it was our turn and we had to do I think it was five rounds of seven wall walks and seven thrusters. Mm. And we had to do them synchronized at the same time. And so um, as we're going, the team would beat us on the wall walks. So it's more of a gymnastic style movement. And then when we'd get to the barbell, we would catch them. And it started where we would do four and three and we would just kind of slowly eat into their lead and then they would beat us on the the wall. And so then they started kind of getting a little bit ahead of us. But I saw while... We were doing our wall walks. I would peek up and just see what was going on. And I could see that they, instead of breaking it in two sets, they were starting to break it in three and four sets. Mm. So like maybe hitting two, two, two yeah. and one or something like Getting that. Getting gassed. And so I, I I saw the chink in the armor. Yeah. And uh, so Andrea is super strong. She's incredibly strong. And um, I knew she wanted to get right to that barbell and hit it. But I thought if we, and, and in hindsight, it was, it was the right call. If we would have hopped right on that barbell, we would have had to break. So mm-hmm. she's ready. And I'm like, Hey, chill. We got this. Like you got to like, we're good to go. And they're trying to, the other team's other trying teams, to get reps. And they can feel it, you yeah. know, like you just feel it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had a couple moments like that in my career, but that was a ton, it was a fun one, but it was, I, I had the confidence that we were going to hit mm-hmm. I, in it. I'm like, all right, if we get four, three, we'll probably be, probably be all right. Yeah. Um, but let's just go ahead and try to hit this seven right here. And, uh, about rep five, four, the crowd starts chanting. And so you're like, dang it. Now I got (laughs) to hang on to this. And so, uh, she did an incredible job and, uh, you know, I've got, I've got this little like thing on my neck from doing so much barbell stuff. My, I think my skin is just thin to this point. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's bleeding and wearing a white shirt. So there's this blood and, and, you know, everybody's cheering and, and they're counting five and you're like, Oh no, I don't know if I can do two more, but I don't, I don't want to be that. Cause there's, there's no worse feeling than the crowd getting hyped and mm-hmm. then hearing, Oh yeah. From the whole yeah, crowd. So you're like, ah, I gotta do this. And so, uh, luckily that one turned out all right. And so we hit, hit our seven reps, but man, it's, it's, there's just something to it, you know, like being a competitor and, and being in those moments that, you know, you feed off of, of the energy of the crowd, you know, you yeah. don't get that, you know, like on that mountain it's that's, what's 
really impressive about what you did yesterday and what we were doing yesterday with you running, man. That was nobody's watching. And that's mm-hmm. that's the hard point. That's the hard part. Nobody sees the, you know, hours and hours of training that goes mm-hmm. into it. And then you get to those moments and then you get to like you get that crowd noise and you get that energy and yeah, there's nothing like it. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's awesome to watch all your hard work pay off and the crowd. I'm sure when you hit that seventh rep, just exploded. It went crazy. And then I, I'm, you know, you get emotional in your celebrations and get fired up. My kids now, it's so funny because they, they are getting to the age that they kind of realize what's going on and yeah. they've been to the games now once or twice. And this year we took all three of them, which was a disaster, but <laughs> Trice now will run around. Like if he does something, like he loves flipping his bottle, you know, and they try to yeah. land it or whatever. Right. And he'll flip it 50 times, but when it lands, he's like, let's go, you know, like flexes. <laughs> and Or, or yeah. like if I finish an event and, and we've either won the event by a pretty good margin, it's it's hard to celebrate when, yeah. you've, when you've done that. But like... Um, he gets so mad at me if I don't, you know, like flex and, and yell. Yeah. Cause that's just kind of, you know, it's yeah. just my natural, I guess, go to is you don't even think about it in the moment and you just, you're fired up. And oh, so yeah. tries, he just doesn't understand. He's like, dad, like I'll finish an event and I'm walking towards the finish line. He's like, why didn't you, Yeah. why didn't you flex and yell? And I'm like, yeah, just didn't need to, buddy. You know, <laughs> does he have the headband? Like the rich, no, no headband? headband got, you know, that was one of those things that I, I, in college, we used to play a ton of flag football and mm-hmm. I, I wore a headband and, and mm-hmm. I did that for years and people loved it. And so then I kind of hung on to it for a while and then I just got too old for it. I'm like, you know, 30 year old man wearing a headband, you know, don't need to do that. If you're winning. Yeah. yeah I mean, I if you Rodman got away with a lot of That's crazy true. outfits <laughs> Rodman for, got crazy, for a while, got away with a lot of stuff. So I think you could do a headband. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the most, what of your victories or moments is the most cherished from the games from, from all the work, the 13 year career, yeah. all that was, what stands out? Oh man. You know, it's, I feel like my individual career is like so long ago. I look back and I'm like, man, it, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm 35 now and I've got all these kids that are 20 years old and I'm mm-hmm. like, I think I'm one of them. And then I start thinking, I'm like, man, they were 12 years old or, you yeah. know, when I was winning the games and stuff like that. So, um, you know, as an individual, one of the best ones was the final one, um, just stepping off the floor and, you know, having the crowd and having my family right there. Um, it's pretty, you know, there's some cool document documentation of it in the documentary that they did years ago um that was cool being able to share that and having my daughter my first daughter Lakeland um so individual wise that was probably one of the cooler moments and then man all my team ones have been cool like there's just something to being part of a team and being part of a group of people that you get to share the suffering day in and day out see their sacrifice know you know Mm -hmm. I know what they're going through but being able to share that with them and then winning, mm-hmm. um, there's nothing, nothing you can replace that with that, you know, you know, you get to kind of the highs and lows together and then, and then winning, you know, obviously this year that meant a lot too, cause knowing this was my last year on the team and, and having my kids right there, all three of my kids, my wife right there at the finish line, finishing, doing mm-hmm. some bar muscle ups and looking at my kids <laughs> and kind of, you know, they're like yeah. looking at me and being able to make the eye contact and, but yeah, I think each year had his, his, his special moments to it, you know, and then, but I would say probably the last of each, mm-hmm. you know, just knowing that they were the last, um, and being able to like, you know, win obviously on your last attempt yeah. and, and being able to walk off. Why is that, Why was this one the last one? I just, uh, you know, it's been, and you know, there's a lot of talk of, of me saying I'm retired cause, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it. my wife is so, she was so mad at me that. 
she wanted this big like CrossFit to like make this post and like, hey, this is Rich's last one. You know, we yeah. want to honor him, blah blah blah. And I was, yeah. and I didn't tell him. I, like I'm like, she was. <laughs> so she's like, you're not done, are you? And so I, I said, I'm. I'm. It's going to be a year to year thing, depending on the kids, depending on. Um, I'm. I'm now in the masters category, so. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's. The only thing I'm good at is working out. So I got, yeah. you know, I'm going to be working out anyway and we'll be around all these kids and I can't just sit there and watch and, you know, I can coach a little bit, but I'd rather be in there. I'm, my, my leadership style is I'm going to get in there and do it with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to just tell you to do something and not do it too yeah. and not suffer. So, um, if I'm fit enough and feel like I can compete each year or whatever year it is in the masters, I'll do it. Um, but yeah, Hillary, she's, she's still to the point where, you know, my kids are getting older, you know, they're. I don't want to miss things and yeah. in the summer, especially cause it's such a, it's our, it's the, the, the time that we're training the hardest. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if I feel like, Hey, we can still do some family stuff and get some trips in or do whatever and be present, then yeah, I'll train mm-hmm. and, and try to compete. But if, if that year I, I don't feel like, and I'm not going to just show up, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I would not be okay with that. So, um, it'll be a year to year thing, but yeah, it was just six years of seven years of, of being on a team of, of, you know, navigating other people's schedules and all that type of stuff where now if it's just me, like if I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm letting somebody down if I can't get a workout in because of my mm-hmm. kids. And then also, you know, I can do it on my time. Like I could get up a little earlier or find a, a time to get a training session in. So yeah, I think it just makes sense with the the point that I'm at in, uh, in, in life, you know, seasons are different and mm-hmm. who knows years down the road, we'll see where we're at, but I have to compete. I have to do something yeah. like I can't, that's just who I am. It's in my nature. And, um, like I said, I'm not good at anything else. So, well, yeah, I'm not sure about that. It sounds like you got a lot of irons in the fire. We do have probably too many irons in the fire, but yeah, I loved hearing all the stories about all, all the work you're doing in different, I mean, with the filming, with the farm, with everything you've got going, it's pretty exciting, but I, so I was thinking, as you were saying that about the kids and, and their busy times and all that, they're once maybe family vacation, but man, with the kids getting older, seeing dad be a beast. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, it, is, it is cool to like, instead, instead of just stories of dad. Yeah. Yeah. To see yeah. It, that used to be my dad, yeah. you know, <laughs> that guy, that guy, yeah, that guy yeah, with that, the belly, that guy's my dad. Yeah. That probably won't ever happen. You know, like the, uh, it's cool, man. My kids. Uh, you know, I was, we were saying that they go to the gym with me every day, mm-hmm. you know, or in the barn or in the basement or I've got a gym in my basement. I've got a gym in the barn. I've got the actual CrossFit mayhem. And so I've never once told those kids, Hey, let's do a workout. They're always yeah. the ones that are like, Hey dad, mm-hmm. can we work out with you? And I'm like, yeah. So, you know, they've got their little fake barbells, five yeah. pound barbells. They've got PVC pipes. Man, the other day we walked out of the, the training facility in the back, the athlete facility. And I walked back in. And Lakeland's got a friend there. And so Lakeland is in there, her friend, and then my two little ones. And I, I walk in and nobody else is in there in that, except for them. And they've set up, they have, they, they're doing shuttle runs. Mm-hmm. They walk up, they've got five pound dumbbells and they're really? doing dumbbell snatches. Doing and then nice circuit. And doing, walking <laughs> over and then hitting the GHD sit-ups. Yeah. And man, it was just like, it was cool. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things that you're like, all right, they're learning something. And you know, like I've never, like I said, I've never once been like, hey, you guys got to work out. It's yeah. just, they want to do it and they want to be with dad. And it just makes you realize how, how much kids are watching. And so yeah. how important that is that they see that. And that's what I like about them being around the gym. Like, especially, you know, Trice and it's easier, I think for guys to like, see that and, Oh yeah, that's what I want to be. But mm-hmm. seeing my girls be around strong women that, yeah. that 
our competitors as well. And, mm-hmm. and we've got some that got a little bit of, you know, like that touch of nasty, like I was saying yesterday. And I'm, I, I think it's awesome that they're around that and that yeah. it's okay. It's yeah. okay to be strong. And so it's cool. Hey, life is competition. That's right. No matter what you do is like, I think that's a, a lesson anybody can learn. And sometimes we forget because we can get by life without digging soft, deep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can be, but if you want to be rice the top in anything, it's going to be a, a dog fight. Yeah, and you need to seek out challenges. And, you know, you were in the end of the storm. That's kind of what the end of the storm is for us is like, hey, we don't go looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. But there's things that are going to come. And if we face them and, and head through them and, and all good things come from hard work and yeah. through adversity, you know, nobody gets better just sitting still and being stagnant. And that's so right. that's kind of what what that means for us. Hmm. Um, is there pressure like in that team environment, is everybody looking to you and like, are you setting the tone for the attitude? And is that hard? Because there's days where you're probably not feeling your best. Right. Right. We've luckily <clears throat> over the last couple of years, we've had some really good athletes on the team that, you know, I, I guess you could say I was the captain, but there was really no, these people, a lot of these people didn't need motivation for the training. It was mm-hmm. more of like, Hey, calm down. We're going to be all right. Yeah. You know, a lot of, there was a lot of settling more mm-hmm. than anything. And that was something that was, I've learned over the years, different people need different, um, cues, different motivation, you know, not, uh, you know, some people need to be loved on. Some people need to be pushed. Some people you can talk to, like, I'm, I'm not a nurturer by, that's not my, uh, that's not my love language for sure. You know, I'm not, if anybody like yeah, having, tough love. having girls on the team, <laughs> uh, every once in a while we had some criers mm-hmm. and I just clam up and kind of walk away. You know, like I don't, I don't know what to do. Even with my wife, she's like crying and I'm like, you okay? You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and so rub some dirt on it. Luckily, you know, I've had some other guys that could handle that, those situations a little better. Um, like I said, my leadership style was more like, Hey, I'm going to be here and suffer with you. And then, uh, you know, but then there's some, like I have one of my buddies, we were in an event in uh, Miami and it was the final event and we're just getting buried and it's a hard workout and it's the last thing we're doing worm cleaning jerks. It's this heavy, awkward sandbag thing. You're going mm-hmm. up and over and we're, we're kind of back and forth with this team and, uh, <laughs> and Dre, Dre's his, he's hurting a little bit. So he like, gets down in the crouch position, you know? And, yeah. and so I walk over to him and I'm in his ear and Dre's one that you've got to just, tell him how big of a piece of shit he is basically and so i'm just <laughs> challenge just, him i'm just laying into him right yeah. but real calm like right. hey you pick up this worm like yeah. some choice words in there and uh he nods his head and, and that's just dre you know like he's yeah. gonna do it and so i lay into him and so I, I walk off the floor and one of the guys that we're competing with um he's like hey what were you saying to dre it looked like you know you really whatever you said was really, you know, got him going and you were real calm. And I was like, there was nothing productive said in that, you know, like it was just like yeah. dog cussing him and basically like, Hey, you look like an idiot. Like just, yeah. but he needs, like, he's a right. guy that needs that, you know, and you got to tell him that where, you know, some people needed to be like, mm-hmm. Hey, it's going to be okay. We're all right. You know? And so it's, it's fun. And I learned a ton about people and business too, you know, like yeah. how do I, you know, how do you motivate different people? And, and, uh, I think, like I said, that's the, the benefit to playing organized sports as a kid too, yeah. relating to people. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So, so who do you think has pushed you mo- most in training? Is it you pushing yourself or is there, are you thinking about somebody out there sending a message? Yeah. I think, you know, d- different years were different things. Um, you know, like I said, from the beginning, my faith has been a huge part of, it. I just feel like that was, my talents are from God and my way to glorify him mm-hmm. is through that. 
And then, you know, as a competitor, you make villains in your head and yeah. you have people that you kind of, you know, uh, watch, watch the last dance documentary with Jordan. Yeah, of course. And you know how he just kind of, yeah. and I hadn't seen that until probably last, I actually watched it this year, right before the games. And oh. I'm like, man, there's so many similar, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just see one little thing and you're like, oh, yeah, I hate that I, person. I, or and I get that. I you, get, yeah, get yeah, that you, mindset. Yeah, yeah. And so like, you're like, oh, I really don't like them. And then like, you get to the competition, you actually you like? talk to them. No, I like everybody, but I'm saying like in competition, <laughs> yeah. you you make these villains in your head. And yeah. so you just kind of like, all right, I'm going to beat them. And then you meet them or, you know, like you see them for one of the times you're like, oh, they're not that bad. Dang it. You <laughs> yeah, know, like I, I screwed that up. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of the mentality of, of, of where it was at. And, and, you know, you, especially for us on teams, mm-hmm. the last couple of years, it's like, oh, that team, like this last year, there was a team um, that was supposed to beat us. And oh, so really? they were our... You know, they're your villains for the year. And How'd they do? They got, I think, fourth. Mm. Um, so it was, you know, it was, it was they fun. They did not beat you. They did not beat us. <laughs> um, and so it was, uh, there's just always, you know, you got to have those little things. And then now, like I was saying with my kids, like knowing that my kids are watching and they want mm. like, I want them to see that, hey, it's okay. Yeah. And dad, dad was, you know, dad was who, who they said he was. So <laughs> is, 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 yeah, he was, <laughs> was, is same thing. Yeah. Um, well, what's been, so you talked about like uh, a great success. What's been a, a toughest part of your games experience? I've had several, several public uh, failures. Uh, yeah. Falling off the rope would be the first one. Uh, you can Google that. My daughter came home from school one day and she's like, hey, because her PE teacher I went to college with, she's like, Miss Amy, we were climbing the cargo net and she said, don't fall off like your dad. What is that? <laughs> I was like, thanks, Miss Amy. Oh, man. And so uh, I got to show her that video because she was that was way before her time. Yeah. And so, you know, I've had that. Uh, I had a really poor event in a swimming event in 2013, very public. Uh, that's the hard part about all my failures. <laughs> yeah. They're very public. Right. Um, and then walking in an event in 2014, um, got a little bit of press time, airtime for that. And so, yeah, I mean, any of those, any of those moments where you compete and you, you know, look like an idiot or do mm-hmm. something stupid or um you got to be able to bounce back from that you know and and that's you know something that i learned while i was competing was it's such a long weekend yeah and there's so many events right one event most likely won't break you but if you let that snowball and it keeps yeah. getting worse and worse then you're gonna you know there was one time in 2013 where uh started off okay not great had that swim event that was bad and then kind of made a bounce back and i was I feel like in second or third or something like that. And I'm mm-hmm. up in the stands kind of in between events and I'm, I'm feeling sorry for myself and I'm talking to my wife and usually I, you know, most people I don't really talk like that around, but I'm yeah. talking to Hillary. I'm like, God, I just suck, blah, 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 whatever. She's like, go get your stuff. I'm like, what? She's like, go get your stuff. We're going home. I was like, I can't go home. You know, yeah. she's like, tell them you're leaving. I was like, shut up. And she's like, then quit being a baby and you know, whatever. So, yeah. And she has no idea anything about CrossFit or any, she, right. she could care less, you know, and that's one of the great There's things. New it's attitude. Like, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things that like, I don't have to worry about my performance because she would actually probably rather that I lose. So I just stop doing it, you know, like, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, she was just like, go get your stuff. I'm, I'm like, all right, I'll stop feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. And you know, so. And everything, everything turned out all right. So it was. Uh, Did you win? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I started, started, yeah, you know, but it, of course she takes the, the yeah. credit for that. She's like, see. Without me, you're nothing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Black Rifle Coffee Company is a company that's very easy for me to promote because I drink coffee all day, every day. But more importantly, they are a huge supporter of the veteran community 
and are a veteran-owned business, so they have my full support. Use code KEEPHAMMERING for 20% off your first order and 20% off subscription to The Coffee Club, where you get exclusive coffee blends and merchandise. I'd like to mention a longtime partner of mine, Mountain Op Supplements. I take their products every day, and they keep me performing at my best year after year. I should also note that my son Truett works for the company, so I have firsthand knowledge of their focus on faith, family, and fitness. Makes it really easy to partner with a company whose values align with mine. They have a special deal for you guys right now for the podcast launch. If you use code KEEPHAMMERING on a purchase of $75 or more, you get a free Keep Hammering BCAA in my new signature flavor, pineapple. I'm all about high-level performance, and the BCAs really help me perform. Uh, do you guys talk smack? Like, uh, competing? Not, not really. This year, actually, this year was one of the first years that I've ever talked to another team or any, oh, like really? we'll kind of joke around sometimes like oh. it was more of a joke this year there was a team at uh semifinals and so this event was at three two one go all four people had to do these heavy wall balls and then you walked over to the that worm that big heavy sandbag yeah. and you did 12 deadlifts as a team and then i th- i can't remember the deadlifts and then you had to lunge it <clears throat> and so there's no there's no end to this workout because it's it's uh, four rounds, mm. and there's a minute transition between each, mm-hmm. and you're just lunging, basically you had to get through the work to lunge the worm as far as you could each time. Oh, I see. And there was us and another team that were so far ahead of everybody, mm-hmm. and so you're kind of like, I don't want to have to do any more work. Right. Because Blow yourself I'm out. blowing myself out, yeah. and we've already kind of locked this up, but this other team is kind of right here, and so we're staying a couple blocks ahead of them, squares, which yeah. is a point, basically. And uh, so we're like... Everybody's trying to, on our team, trying to, hey, pick it up. I'm like, watch them. Yeah. When they pick it up, we'll pick it up. And so I see them get to the worm. They're kind of standing there. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm friends with the guy. Uh, his name's Ryan. And uh, he's looking at me. He's like, pick, pick, pick the effing worm up. And I'm like, <laughs> you pick it up. You know, so I'm standing there. Like, yeah. And that was one of the first. He's like, pick it up. And I'm yeah. like, why the hell would I pick it up if I don't have to? It's right. like, make us we're pick it up. And so we're just back and yeah. forth, John. And then after it, we're like laughing about it. But yeah. on the floor, I was like, Man, "F this guy," you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I but it was that. it was fun, you know. It was like it was cool. It was one of the first moments that I've ever had, like a little, you know, yeah. back and forth on the floor. So I'm surprised because normally competition brings out. I, yeah. I mean, I just think when we used to shoot together, as you know, with archery, we were practicing yesterday. But all your anchor points, the technique is so critical. And all, all we'd do is we'd be betting money on targets. And all you'd have to do is you look at somebody getting ready to shoot and you'd be like, oh, you always anchor like that? Uh-huh. We did. Uh-huh. That's, okay. That's what it looks like. You're, he and then they're, th- yeah. Then they're thinking then, about what am I, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Then you start pulling the string into your face more. Or you start doing something different than that. You know, at a long shot makes a big difference. Oh, yeah, so, it does. so I didn't know if that. Oh yeah. Well, in back up in the warm up area, especially mm-hmm. it was more of like a joke. Like, uh, there was a couple of us that became really good friends early on or like Josh Bridges, a good friend of mine, Dan Bailey, Jason Kalipa, Matt Chan, a bunch of those guys that I've competed with for years when I was younger, we're still friends, but yeah, we'd kind of like, as we're warming up as the weekend would go on and yeah. nerves kind of settled a little bit, you'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh man, you, you always snatch like that. Ooh, that didn't look like Jason. Yeah. We were, we were doing the rogue invitational. This was last year. And it's, they have a legends, um, edition, or, uh, um, legends category. And so okay. a bunch of us that used to compete, we will team up and different yeah. workouts and whatever. And so Jason's talking and he's, uh, he's a big, 
he's jacked. He's huge. And uh, he's like, yeah, I've been, you know, kind of trying to cut weight so I, you know, look a little bit better. And we always mess with Jason, me and Josh. <laughs> and uh, he, we're like, he's like, because we'd take our shirt off. It was hot. And he goes, uh, you think I should take, I, I think I may take my shirt off. Me and Josh are like, Let, let's see. And he's like, goes to take his shirt off. And he's like, we're like, oh, no, don't, don't do that. And he's like, wait, what? And so, and that was right as we were running on the floor. Yeah. And so we were just messing with him. We're yeah. like, hey, uh, what, what watch are you going to hold on the bike? And we like completely lie to him. You right. Know, or, or um, I had him convinced that I was going to go first in one of this work, this workout that was like a partner mm-hmm. relay. And uh, so He's like, all right, I'm going to go first, too, and I'm going to try to beat you on it. And so right when we walk out there, I talked to Julie, who was on my team at that for that event. I was like, hey, you go first just to mess with Jason. Because it didn't matter. We're just <laughs> yeah. out there like as an like, exhibition. And so Jason hammers, and I look over, and he looks over, and he's like, he could just see it on <laughs> yeah. his face that I wasn't out there. So, you, so, yeah. Yeah. so it's, yeah, those types of things, especially okay. as we've gone on, have, have, have happened. But, yeah, there's not a ton of, not a ton of trash talk. Everybody's kind of mm-hmm. like hyper-focused and just mm. kind of in their own zone for yeah. the most part. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe because there's always the, you talk shit, then you whatever blow up. Yep. And hit, like had to, like you, you're, you said talk, you had to walk or something. Yeah, after so you talk, that's not good. That's one of the cool things about CrossFit is you may win the games, but you got your ass kicked on a bunch of workouts, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's cause it's, you know, multiple you events, win them all, you're not yeah. winning all events. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're losing more than you're actually winning most of the time. So I honestly, the most physical it gets um, is is any mass swim mm. because it's chaos. Yeah, in the water. In the water, right. people are freaking out. And I actually had an event one time where we were, we were going around a buoy and I felt somebody, and it's a mass of people, and I'm super comfortable in the water now mm-hmm. that I've swam for probably seven, eight years now. And like, if you're... Yeah, you, know, you gotta have this mentality of like you're either a shark or you're a minnow. And right. If you're if you're the shark, then nothing nothing really phases me. Like I can get hit, kicked, whatever, and just like know that it's freaking them out even more. So like sometimes you like just mess with people's toes. Like I've done that. Oh, like really? you get right behind them and like just tickle <laughs> their t- and they're like it messes with them. So we're going around this buoy and there's this mass group of people. Well, I feel somebody grab my shorts and push me down. And so my natural reaction is to swing as hard as I possibly can with an elbow. And I caught Temple. And I was like, well, see you later. (laughs) You know, and it turns out later, it was one of the guys that we were talking about this morning. And he... uh, he was like, yeah, I, you know, I got a little panicky and, and, uh, I grabbed onto somebody. I don't know who it was. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh, I know who it was, yeah. but it, it was not a panic grab. Yeah. It was a grab, Intentional. pull and then push down. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, nah, we ain't playing that game. Homie. Yeah. And yeah. so I swung as hard as I could. And I know I caught temple and Landed. I almost, I was like, Ooh, well, see yeah. Ya. God. Yeah. That's a pretty interesting. I, I love what competition brings out Yeah, because I mean, everybody wants to win. Yeah. Only one person. One's going to win. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in regard to like the CrossFit legacy, do you ever, you know, how people always talk about, well, Jordan is the best. Where's Kobe? Where's LeBron? Um, do you ever feel inclined? Do these young guys ever call you out? Like uh, the guys? I mean, there's obviously the, the Froning Fraser thing and it's just different, you know, it was different. Different eras, different careers, mm. different. Uh, I mean, Matt was Matt's an incredible competitor. Was um, and we guys went head to head. We went head to head once. You know, one it was time. early on in his career. It was the last year of mine. You know, he. I think the year before, um, he competed one year before that, and 
didn't make it through regionals. I can't remember, but the year that we competed, you know, mm-hmm. he got second. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Matt's in a, Matt was an incredible competitor and it's just different, you know, mm-hmm. like it's hard to compare eras. You know, I'm, I'm a NASCAR guy. I grew up watching NASCAR. Um, that was a kind of our family vacations, but like the Dale Earnhardt Petty thing, or like you're saying, Kobe and, and Jordan and, yeah. you know, so there's just, it's just different, different eras. It's hard mm-hmm. to compare. Um, like I said, Matt, Matt's an incredible competitor was, is, and, uh, did some incredible things. He's won more individual titles than me. Um, but you know, it's just different. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun with kids and you know, having the kids in there now that are all training and just, you know, Hey, old man's still here every <laughs> once in a while. You know, like if I beat him on a workout, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm still here. I'm maybe yeah. old, but I'm, you know, I'm not dead yet. Yeah. And so it's more fun now. Like there, there might be a little internal trash talk, but, um, within our camp mm-hmm. more than anything so can you uh, beat them the young guys oh yeah every once in a while everyone <laughs> it depends on what it is but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well that that's fun i mean i don't know i love that's the part that i love the everybody loves the drama yeah, it yeah. Seems oh like. yeah love drama do they just like they do um in basketball or in or anything brady's been doing it forever who's considered the goat of crossfit is it you <laughs> I don't know. It depends on who you talk to. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, opinion. yeah, yeah. It's all opinion. Um, you know, like I said, I, it, if you had probably three or four people, Tia on the women's side is incredible. And then mm-hmm. probably me and Matt on our side, you know, yeah. there is going to always be that debate. Yeah. And here's the deal. If they're debating it, it's good for both of us. Oh, you know, so, you know, <laughs> you're, you've you're got, in the you've conversation. Got, you've got people that are, are massive Fraser fans that are yeah. always going to say one way. And then you got people that are my fans mm-hmm. that are going to say the other way. So it, it's, you know, it's good for both of us, but yeah, um, yeah. It's I mean, it's fun. It is what it is. Do you think that when you first started um, on your journey and started having success, were people trying to figure out what you were do- how you were training, or di- or did you train in the public? Did people know what you were doing? Yeah, I think you know the the social media thing was just now starting to take off. When I started, YouTube was a big thing. Like I I watched so many videos of guys when mm-hmm. I first started, and you know had kind of my my guys that I watched, um, we didn't have the media team that we had, so it wasn't as well documented. We didn't, now we do online training. And so people can actually follow exactly what I do. Um, we didn't have that. And so, um, I think, yeah, probably, you know, yeah. but it was definitely like documented that, Hey, Rich does a ton of volume and we don't know why. Mm. And, um, you know, it's paid off, I guess. So did you, would you share what you did or did you keep that to yourself? Depend on time of the year, you know, yeah. like I, we, I had a ton of, ton of guys that were, are, were, and are good friends of mine that were competitors of mine. And we would train, you know, this time of year, especially mm-hmm. it would start getting not weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't want to let everybody know on your secrets <laughs> and, and not even that they were secrets. You look back and you're like, that wasn't that good of a, you know, like it wasn't anything, you know, I've done yeah. a lot of dumb things training. Like I wouldn't take it back because I learned a ton, but things that were almost pointless to do that were just almost like too hard for what I, you know, like I'd like I'd get up and for me, you know, I'd row 5k a day yeah. and it was a good base building. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, I could have done, but at that time it was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, I well, go in these phases. Yeah. It gave you an edge. For sure. For yeah. sure it did. But then I'm like, it could have been so much more like I, I could have rotated Productive. machines. I yeah. could have, you know, checked different things and, you know, having an exercise science background. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this this sounds good. Mm-hmm. Then you look back, you're like, that was so dumb. But I learned, you know, yeah. you learned, you built some volume. You did, you know, mm-hmm. made your body, you know, stronger in different ways, made more efficient. And yeah. So, um, but yeah, I guarantee, you know, people were trying to figure out what I was doing 
um, I had a, one of one of our buddies, Jason. He mm-hmm. he would write on his wall, "What's Rich doing?" And so oh. he would always go out to the garage and like try to do more than what he thought I was doing to so, work harder, yeah, yeah. put in sacrifice yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a good example too. Kobe talks about, and I can't remember who the player was, but they were going to play each other, and so the gym was open. So Kobe's in there shooting. Guy came in to warm up. Kobe stayed there till the guy did his whole thing, left, and then after he dropped like 40-some in the game, and then whoever the other player was said, how long did you stay after I left? Longer than you. Yeah, just just till you were gone. Just till you were gone. <laughs> so you, so it's, I was wondering if it was like that, that if people are writing up their what is Rich doing, yeah. I mean, first of all, you're in their head. Right. Because they're thinking about you and instead what, of maybe what their, they should sk- be doing. their yeah. skill set. Because I, I get that. Sometimes I go running and probably shouldn't run, but it's like, no, I got to sacrifice more. Mm-hmm. I get, I want to run by these houses with everybody in their house, all warm and watching TV. And, and I can I'm just be better. like, pussy, pussy, <laughs> pussy. Got you, got you, got you. <laughs> yeah. So I get that. Yep. Sometimes it's sending a message. For sure. Yeah. I used to, I mean, there'd be times where I'd be in the house and this is, this was really one of the reasons where I stepped away from individuals. Once we start having kids, like at 10 o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night, I'd, be like, oh, I didn't do enough today. I'm going to go get another 5K on the road or mm-hmm. whatever it is or go out in the, the garage. And I'm like, I can't do that when I have the kids. You know, yeah. like it's just they need to be front and center. And so that was that was why I stepped away as an individual because I am I was obsessive. Like yeah. that's I was all consumed by winning and competing. Right. And it started to like affect relationships and not in a terribly poor way. And I wouldn't be in the situation I am. But I saw that and I was like, man, you know, I can't do this when I have kids. Like I can't miss, oh, I can't go on this trip because, you know, I've got to train where it's like when I competed on the team, I could still train. I was still training the same amount, mm-hmm. but mentally it was not as taxing and I could I let go a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, Hey, going to row an extra 5k versus putting my kids to bed or give them a bath. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember that more than I'm going to remember this 5k, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was hard though too, you know, like top, probably top of my career. I'm like, all right, it's time, you know, but it was a mental grind. You know, it, it, you're, it's fun to win. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's why we do it. But it got to the point where it was like, all right, you remember like when you were a kid at Christmas, you got pretty much everything you wanted. And then the next day you're like, man, yeah. Christmas is 365 days away. That's right. how it was. Like yeah. the next day Not I'd satisfying. won the games. Yeah. I'm training again the next day. Right. I'm, you know, we're taking a family vacation in September mm-hmm. after the games are in August and I'm training twice and three times a day mm-hmm. just because it's what I did, you know? And so it's just, uh, that, that was the, one of the main reasons I stepped away as an individual and then isn't, team. Isn't that the price of greatness? It really though? is though. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't, people say, well, you, you should be balanced, Yeah, balanced in your family, balanced no. in there's no balance and not, not but to be the best, not to be the best. And that's you can what be I average and be balanced. And, and I made that switch where I was like, I want to be the best dad. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've, I've done, I've had my time yeah. and, and I can still provide for my family being on the team. I still made money doing the sponsorships and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I can still compete and scratch that itch, but to be the best in the world, mm-hmm. sing, singularly, I was going to have to sacrifice a ton. And what I've liked to probably do two or three more years as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it just, it was for me, it was, I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was, it was hard, but it, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I probably had three or four more years of individual in me 
um, physically, mentally, maybe not. I might have, you know, be divorced and in a box somewhere, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's turned out all right. Yeah, no, you've done a great job. I mean, with the, I don't know, everybody wants like the fairy tale, fairy tale script, and it seems like you've almost had it. Yeah. I mean, you've we've, we've had, had a run. run, good run. You had a good run. You had the team run. Your your brand is bigger than ever. You're still a beast. I, I would love to see you come back and now get a master's win. I, yeah, yeah. The master's, master's will be fun. I, you know, I have this kind of secret, not secret anymore, but yeah, I've told other people kind of the sneaky goal of trying to win. So master's category, you age up every five years. Mm. So I'd like to try to win at least one in each of the five years. I see. Just to be kind of like, hey, yeah. I did it all. You know, I didn't do teen. They didn't have teen at the time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, but one of our good friends and trains with us, he, we always, we were joking about it. He does, he's done my life in reverse. He won the teen games and then yeah. he's a firefighter now where I won, I was a firefighter and then won the games. So, right. but yeah, man, it's, it's been a good run, like I said. And, and, uh, you know, I, everybody always jokes and they're like, you know, what do you do with your medals? And I'm like, ah, oh, they're in a drawer somewhere. I think yeah. like, they're in the closet. You know, right. my wife almost threw them away one time when we were moving. <laughs> like, I'm like, Hey, there's a plastic bag's heavy. Yeah. But then there's like three or four medals. So it's not about that. It's just, you know, yeah. you just want to win. You it's competition. Yeah. You just, it's just what it is. Oh, I love, I think everybody, I mean, you don't even have to tell people that people can watch you and see you compete and see the, the passion. And I mean, it's clear why you, why you do it. Yeah. Just a born competitor. Um, how so i got i saw a question um i put up a little question and yeah, answer yeah, for yeah, Rich Friend. yeah so somebody said would you rather uh run, compete at the crossfit games or run the mountain every day <laughs> <laughs> man it's beautiful out here those it, trails oh, are is. awesome those were fun that was if i could uh build into that you know it, <laughs> I, it was going to take me a little while man like i said one of the more impressive athletic feats i've seen is you running those oh, miles no. just i'm telling you like i know it, you you're right here but uh it was it was impressive just running up those freaking mountains it oh. was it was cool so you, those you, those were hard yeah you did great so uh, i mean i was impressed we did you know 20 miles yeah, I've not done that in a long, oh, long time. I mean, it my, was... My problem is, like I've told you, like I've got this left knee that I tore my meniscus in 17. So I just, I run. Mm -hmm. And if I run, it's on one of those air runners, those mm -hmm. self-propelled uh, treadmills. And so I, I need to just, I think, make myself like, hey, go out there and suffer a little bit and let that knee, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, you did it great. It was fun. I it mean, was a ton of fun. It was beautiful. It was, it was cool. Scott, seeing Scott's hat with that ice was pretty, pretty hard too. It was pretty cool. Scott... Our, our camera guy with mayhem he was sweating and then the sweat would get to the brim of his hat and then it made this sheet of ice underneath it and so that it was, was pretty, it was pretty cool yeah because i think it was 19 degrees we're up on top of spencer's butte was our first summit we hit and there's some snow and ice up there it's just epic it was cool scenery. it was I mean, cool. beautiful beautiful it, country it was a it was the perfect day for me because you came out here again, as I said, so honored that you're here, but then we were able to get a bunch of miles in. Um, you did, went to the bow rack, learned a ton. That was cool. Wayne. That was awesome. Wayne, oh. man, Wayne is an incredible teacher mm -hmm. and just can relay it and make, make idiots like me <laughs> just to see what he's talking. And, and, you know, like what I was saying before, I was self-taught. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pull this thing back. And, yeah. You know, I'm centered up and shoot. And so, you know, I told you that I switched to left-handed this year. So I'm even more, um, green on that. And he mm -hmm. was just like, all right, here's what we're going to do. And, and yeah. once he said it the way, put it in my terms, my, mm -hmm. uh, my meathead terms, he's like, Hey, 
how do you approach a barbell? And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, depending on the movement, you know, I've got my yeah. checklist. And so having that checklist was incredible. And yeah. I'm like, just a lot to keep track oh, of dude, when you're first when I'm running it. that checklist. I'm like, oh, I missed a step. How do I go? I can't go back. There's you know? a lot and of So it was, it was fun. And you know how, how anything goes, but with archery specifically, all those little cues and checklists, those will all be subconscious. Right. Once it, you get to that point. Yeah. Once you get the reps in. And then when that bull, come, that next bull comes out, you know, killed a bull this year, which I, the video was awesome. They did an incredible YouTube. job. Yeah. But once that bull steps out on the next time, all those things you'll, when all you remember is just that putting that pin where you want it to and slowly squeeze and all those other things will take care of themselves. Right. Yeah. It because makes of the reps. It, it, like once you put it in those terms, it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, like I don't even think about approaching a barbell anymore, if, depending on the movement. I'm right. just like, all right, here's, here's my checklist. My mm -hmm. feet are good. My hands go here, grab, set, go. And, and Wayne, like, oh, it makes sense. Wayne says that like he'll say pretty much the same set your feet, yep. get in your position. Um, you're, like approaching the bar, you got your bow on your hip. Yep. You got your hand put on the grip. You're setting yourself up for success and, yep. and to release an accurate arrow. You did. I mean, I think that's why you're so good at what you do is you follow instruction. You get that there's a method to the madness. Right. And then we went out and implemented it 85 yards. I wanted that 100 so bad. <laughs> I know. I you grazed were, it. I grazed it, which I don't understand how a balloon does not pop. <laughs> I and it has know. a mark on it, but dang it. Yeah, so close, but yeah, you still still very accurate. I mean, your hundred yard group, you had that balloon. I had one, I had one random, one random every once in a while. But yeah, yeah but did, did did great. And then, man, this training in here, I got oh a little my, pump session. That was oh good. Oh my gosh, it was that, good. That was so good. I mean, I loved every second of it. It was just a perfect day for me. It was like, you know. I make this excuse that I want to do this podcast. I mean, it's, it's for me. Yeah, it's huh? for me to hang out with, hang with cool people and get to work out, man. It was in the world. And, uh, and I just can't tell you how much it meant to me. Um, so I, w I was also thinking in your training, now you have all these athletes coming to mayhem, yep. right? And are they coming, uh, like you said, even people from other countries? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, um, I want to say last year, this was training right before the games. We had like five or six countries represented, and mm. we've got some athletes around the world, and they, they live where they're at. But now we're starting to get an influx of, like, we've got a guy, Guy, who lives in uh, Brazil, or is from Brazil. Uh, Roman, he's from uh, Russia. Mm. Uh, we've got a, another couple of girls. One's from Argentina. One's from another one from Brazil. So we're getting an mm -hmm. influx, and it, it's fun. It's cool. It's, you know, it's having different... Um, people around and and learning and learning once again how to motivate people differently and and um you know the it's the mentality of trying to get them to like you know they're like all right yeah i've kind of got this three or four year goal of trying to win the games and i'm like no your goal is to win it now mm. you know like we're not playing the long game like you step yeah. into every competition trying to win like that's right. that should be our mentality granted you might not have the skills yet mm -hmm. but you're gonna try to you know like I hate when people are like, oh, my goal is to, you know, make the games or win mm -hmm. the games in 2024. I'm like, that was my goal was to win the games anytime I showed up. And yeah. so because your first time, didn't you get second? I got second. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't talk about that one. I mean, there's two oh. second places in those those 10 uh, <laughs> teams that are 10 uh, golds that we don't talk about. But right. that I actually so in 17 when we got second, um, 
I hung the silver medal up to next to the whiteboard. You know, whiteboards are a CrossFit thing. Yeah, um, yeah. The whiteboard. I've heard about every it every day in the barn. So everybody has a reminder. As we're writing up the workout, there's just a silver medal. Yeah. And I joked that after it was done, I was just gonna go bury it in the backyard, but it's somewhere in a sock drawer. But I think that, but I think that's what makes champions stand out because some people are fine with that silver yeah everybody like, when i got silver like, the first pretty year, good yeah they're Silver's like good you, uh, you know we talked about this just this yesterday like that first year messed me up you know mm-hmm. i i growing up i'd you know insert whatever it is for me it was baseball and then after baseball it was firefighting and then after that it was crossfit it was those things that had defined had become who i was mm-hmm. and to to have that completely that rug pulled out and have that failure and people are like, you got second place your first year. You should mm-hmm. be happy. I, I was not happy. Yeah. And, and like I said, that was kind of where my faith really took a different route mm-hmm. and, and became forefront. But I think that that is what makes us better, too, is that you're not OK with second. You know, you th- and down so, the road, I might be able to look back and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. getting second was pretty cool. But at the time, it ate at yeah. me. It, I hated it. Do you think so? You talk about faith. Do you think that your intentions weren't as pure that first year and then they were or you were more? Uh, you know, I don't know if yeah, obviously, yeah, you wanted a little bit of pride of like, hey, I want people proud of me. And mm-hmm. um, but I, I really think having subconsciously, whatever you want to say, having my identity be whatever I was in put way more pressure on me. And so having my switch being my identity and whatever I'm doing to mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. helped me compete from a better position. Cause I hate the whole, Oh, if you're a Christian, you should be a less competitor. I'm like, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I've, I can compete from a better place because I know, Hey, mm-hmm. in the end it doesn't like as an, as Lincoln Park would say in the end, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but you know, Hey, I can compete and I can still be, mm-hmm. you know, a competitor Man of God, man of God. There's nothing. It doesn't ass. mean weakness. That, <laughs> yeah. That's what I hate is this whole like, yeah. you know, Christians are soft. That type of thing. No, like I mean, Michael Chandler's not soft. No, and he's a Christian. You know, like, and it's okay that hey, there's a separation between the two. He he puts it, and I think the how you are looking at it also, he puts it as fighting is a shiny object. Yep. So that's what gets people's attention mm-hmm. to share the word. To share the word. That's, and, these are my gifts. My gifts yeah. from God. The genetics. Mm-hmm. The upbringing that I've had mm-hmm. is what everybody sees on the outside. Now I get to tell you about Galatians 6.14, and may I never boast in anything except for the cross of Lord Jesus Christ, which has been crucified to me and I to the world. I get to tell people about that because mm-hmm. of the platform that I've been given. Right. Yeah. So CrossFit's your shiny object. Shiny object. Gets people's attention, then shares with what really matters. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I think... Um, you know, my buddy Roy too, and I mentioned this to to Chandler. That's what he did. He said bow hunting was his missions field, yeah. and people wouldn't listen to him or respect him just on the surface. But because he's this amazing badass mountain bow hunter, people would be like, "Oh, this oh, guy. What's up? Well, maybe I should listen to what he has to say." And then he would talk about right. Well, and that's and that's the hard part is like you want to have relationship miles with people instead of just being like, "Hey." what Jesus do for you today? Like yeah. there's, there's a relationship aspect mm-hmm. up to it. And like, there's this, like, you've got to have some time with people. Right. And so I, th- you know, like I said, I think, I think, you know, like I've seen those things or read those articles where I like, go, oh, Christians are weak. They shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, like competitors, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's the exact opposite. I have a, a point of strength that I can compete from and I'm going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's worked for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would say so. Um, was there a, 
was there any times in your journey coming up where, uh, I don't know, I, it seems like competition, it's easier not to compete sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Is, was there times where you had just like a, a tipping point that you recall? Um, Man, there's every day, there's a grind. You wake up, you're yeah. like, ah, today, I don't I just don't feel like it's like mm -hmm. you were talking about. You just get up and you go. And once you mm -hmm. get going, once I get going, I'm good to go. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, when winning is fun, but when you're expected to win, it mm -hmm. almost doesn't become it's it's a little less fun. You know, yeah. when it's like you you've got this target on your back and mm -hmm. I'm um, it comes with the territory now. Like I, any, but anything you do now, it's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna beat Rich at this. And where I'm yeah. just kind of at the point, I'm, <laughs> my career, I'm like, I got nothing left to like. I've got no ego about it anymore. Yeah. Like I've done it, and uh, yeah. So I mean, there were years of that, and and you know, it just kind of adds up year after year. But it is what it is. You know, it's yeah. just, just part of it. And, yeah. And part of me enjoys that, and but part of me, there's days where I'm like, dang, it'd be nice to just like maybe somebody be surprised that you win something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to have that because rich Froning is this larger than life. And right. so people are going to say, it's gonna, always going to be a comp. It, always. It, it reminds me, you know, uh, I had the similar moment, like Lance Armstrong ran Boston and it's like, my goal was to beat Lance. Mm -hmm. He didn't even know who I was. Right. 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 Did no clue. And but how many other people like me were like, Oh, I'm going to beat, yeah. beat him. So it's like, that would, that would probably be a little exhausting. It's like you're just trying to do just trying your, to do just yeah. trying to do do, hey. do new things and 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 getting into mountain biking. That's what a reason why I'm like mm. you know what nobody knows who the hell I am in mountain biking. Yeah, but I can ride a mountain bike pretty good because yeah. I have the 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 fitness side of it, but I have right. enough of a little bit of crazy. You know, like uh -huh. I need that adrenaline. And then bow hunting has been for me your hunting period has yeah. been that. You know, like we were saying yesterday, it's ultimate competition, and nobody's watching. You know, right. for me, my competitive everything I do in competition is being watched, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what it is. And so being out there in the woods and being competing with one of these guys, the hundreds that you have hanging in here, <laughs> um, it's fun. It's just different. It's free. It's hard. It's, it's hard. Yeah. And it's hard and, but nobody's watching. There's yeah. no grind and nobody knows except for you. Yeah. But you're going to have to keep pushing, you know? And so it's just been fun. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah. Is, uh, What's been the hardest part of the bow hunting journey? I think the mental grind of it. Because you've done a lot of hard things. Yeah, done I a mean, lot of hard the, things. The hardest I, things. And honestly, this this hunt last year, uh, killing the bull. I mean, you look at it's, it was four trips that took us, you know, to actually harvest something, and so we're twenty two days in the mountain when you look at it, and it's the last day of this this hunt, and you're just mentally, you know, like there's so many, you know, I was talking yesterday that, you know morning you have your kind of different sections of hunting throughout the day of your morning then your midday and then your evening and so mm -hmm. middays i like to and the group that i go with we'll we'll go around and mess around in some heavy timber and just kind of creep right so i i equate it to that like you hit some timber mm -hmm. and you're 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 up here you're like all right senses there's are peaked. Chance, you're, there's yeah. a chance and then you get through that timber mm -hmm. and there's nothing <laughs> and you're just like shit yeah. So then you get to the next heavy timber and you're like, all right, here we go. Mm -hmm. And then you're here. And then there's, and so that just over and over and over for 22 days. Yeah. Having a couple, you know, encounters, you know, I had an encounter, two encounters with non-legal bulls the year before we bumped a bull, bumped a group another time, had a buddy that, um, that just didn't take a shot. He And I don't blame him, you know, he just didn't feel comfortable with it. And then, so just all those replaying all those things and then to have one walk out. 
and stare at you for 10, 11 minutes. Yeah, it's amazing. And just all that, the emotion of that, and then walking that thing out of there, yeah. which was <laughs> like before that, you know, that whole, the whole to that point had been like top five hardest things I'd ever done. Yeah. And then trying to get that thing out that moved the whole experience up to the top of the list. Yeah. One of the top of the list, you know, like I can't really dif differentiate, you know, like top three but it was in the top three for sure yeah you tough know? it was hard uh, yeah packing a bull out packing a bull out physically mentally emotionally mm -hmm. just like all right is this ever gonna end and then you get to the top of the hill and mm -hmm. you can see down and you're like all right it's all downhill from here yeah and then downhill is almost worse <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, <laughs> well, man, slipping and was there trail or like no. going over windfall uh, deadfall and and yeah. just nasty thick mm -hmm. brush you know we were in uh, route national forest so we luckily this one we'd killed it was at like 8200 feet mm. uh, like earlier in the week we were up around eleven thousand feet wow and so they'd been pushed down a little bit mm -hmm. and so uh we were down to 82 and man, it was, I forgot the exact elevation change and all that, but it was as the crow flies, which mm -hmm. is what we kept saying. It was about two miles from the truck, but it was just nasty yeah. thick. And my heart rate thing tracker on my wrist, we stopped three or four times. Like you'd find a deadfall log and you just let that thing rest. Yeah. You're just sitting Take there a little it break feels so good. off your shoulders and, and back. I, I think we took like three breaks and it took us two hours and my heart rate was like averaged 141 and peaked at like 165. And you're just like, man, that's a lot of work. It was work, but so worth it. Were, did you like in the team environment for competition at the CrossFit where you're kind of the leader, were, were you, what was your role in packing that out? I mean, were you, I was in the front keeping uh, people fired up. No, nah, I think, I think we were all just kind of, okay. I think everybody was fired up. You know, yeah. everybody was a little like it was, it was hard. You know, yeah. like you we, say last day of the hunt, last day of the hunt. Yeah. It was. And so we were only going to hunt a half day that day too. So okay. it was kind of our last day. Then we would drive into where I think we were flying out of Vail this time and we'd mm -hmm. stay the night in a hotel and kind of wash up because we had an early flight in the next morning and it mm -hmm. was right at noon. This yeah. thing walks out and then, you know, by the time we got out of the woods, I think it was four or five o'clock. That was yeah. when you're like, now we got to go pack up the trailer. <laughs> so, yeah. Now we got to drive out. And then, man, we didn't get out of there till I think nine o'clock and we get to Vail and you're just like, I need food. Yeah. Nothing's open. So we find McDonald's and that was the best McDonald's I'd ever had. <laughs> you know, like we don't do McDonald's much, but man, that quarter pounder was worth it. Of course. It. Those fries are good too. So good. <laughs> did you have a, did you get... What is it? That's not a frosty. Did you get? Oh, a we milk? Get a, I got a milkshake. Heck, did, just a regular milkshake, not a what McFlurry. I guess is theirs. Did you dip the fries in it? Oh yeah, okay. dude. We had fries. I think <laughs> we all got quarter pounders, double quarter pounders, fries, yeah. and then we all kind of like looked at each other. I was like, everybody want another burger, so I went and bought everybody another <laughs> McDonald's burger, high spender, you know. No apple pie. No, we didn't get apple pie. I got another twenty piece nuggets with oh, that. Okay. So we were. I mean, you know how it is. You come out of the mountains and you're just hey. anything warm and uh -huh. not eating with a. a, a uh, you can eat something with a fork or whatever. Oh, you know, it's just hot. like, yeah. granted, this good. was McDonald's. It wasn't with a fork, but it was just good. It, it was, was good. just good. Best McDonald's I'd had. I mean, you know, after you've killed a bull, you put in, so that was your fourth year. Is fourth that right? year, yeah. So much work. So much. I mean, that probably felt almost like winning the game. It was an incredible, because it's just, it's so, like, as much as you don't do it, I don't do it for, oh, look what I did. Look what I killed. Yeah. But when you come home and everybody's like, oh, so you didn't kill anything again? Yeah. You know, there's just these games. It's games that start playing. And you're like, man, I suck. You yeah. know, like, I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. Um, and so, you know, probably the first couple of years we learned a lot and, mm -hmm. and messed up a lot. But I, I that's the way I like to do it is, you yeah. know, I did go guided the first year in Montana. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, we just kind of 
that it self-guided. And so, uh, you know, I have a buddy that knows, knows a lot about elk hunting, David Curtis. Yeah. And then, you know, Steven, one of my good friends, he helps a ton. And we're, we're kind of got a collection now of, of guys that we've, we've done it together and we've learned a bunch together and messed up a bunch together. So it's fun. And it was cool to share that with, uh, Steven wasn't there, but Dave was there and then, yeah. You know, Scott being able to document the whole thing and Scott, you know, I mean, he ran the whole 20 miles of <laughs> yesterday with a freaking camera. And he's so he's, tough. he's just, he's always going to be there, you know, like mm-hmm. there's no, uh, there's no quitting Scott either. So it was cool. And having TJ and, and Tyler there to help pack it out too. So oh it helps. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, so can you imagine packing out? What if you're by yourself? So that's what Dave, so Dave hunts a lot by himself. Mm-hmm. And so he said he killed a bull one time, seven miles. Mm-hmm. And so he packed out one, one yeah. a day. It was cold enough. Yeah. He had a mule deer tag on the last day as he's walking out, he shoots Killed a buck. mule deer. So he has to pack that out. And I'm just like, I just, you know, you were talking about yesterday hunting by yourself. Like I, it's, that's like a whole new level for yeah. me. Like, I just like, there's just something about the brotherhood, the camaraderie of being in the yep. woods, the like, you know, shared suffering. I think that's what the yeah. draw of CrossFit is, mm-hmm. the shared suffering and being able, it, being able to have that. And so, uh, that for me, the woods too is, is that like mm-hmm. we, you know, we grind together and, you know, you sit down and you're like, you recap kind of all the, the shitty stuff that went on yeah, in the day, but so it's so much fun too, you know? So, it's so fun. Yeah. The shared suffering, it's uh, the solo hunts. It is tough and not only just packing things out, but just, just li- the grind living life in the mountains by yourself. We're so we're social animals or or beans or whatever you want to call it, but we're used to being around and communicating. So you take that part out of your life and that can be the biggest challenge for a lot of people in the mountains because you never feel more alone than when you're up there by yourself. Yeah. I can't imagine. And I, I, yeah, I remember times where, you know, the one I, I was thinking of specifically, I was up in the mountains, Truett, my middle child, was he hadn't even started talking yet? I don't know why he didn't talk forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trice was the same way. Yeah, we, he's the same way. We, we I can guess what's wrong with him. We can guess on why, but uh, I was in the mountains. It was kind of spitting snow, and I'm thinking about. I think he's maybe 18 months, a year and a half old, and it's just like you're thinking, why am Why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I away from my Should family? I yeah. wonder what the family's doing, and it's just that draw, just for to be comfortable and yep. just to be around people who care is uh pretty strong yeah um but man if you can overcome that and then succeed oh it's life-changing i can't imagine i mean it's it's life-changing just you killing that bull because it is so hard that's life-changing in itself but the hunting journey is uh so many life lessons that i feel like get watered down in regular society or take decades to learn where you can learn on a you know you were 22 days, 22 days. How much life lesson did you learn in 22 days? You know, where on that, on the outside world or what I call in society, it's like, when, when are you ever that miserable? Push that hard, question yourself that much. Never, you know? And it's like, that's where the hunting journey can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You learn a lot about yourself. What I, yeah, I mean, well, and it's a, it's a society now that you instant gratification mm-hmm. you're always seeking instant we got phones we got all this stuff we're looking hey there's like this you know you get endorphins from checking your phone and you have a message you yeah. know and, and to not have that, you know, like, <laughs> it's it's incredible not having a phone you know it, the hard part i guess for me is having young kids we I, i'll carry along a um uh, 
Garmin that mm-hmm. I can just, hey, emergencies or like, hey, I'm still alive. My wife wants like a every eight hour check in, like, hey, oh, I see. you're still alive. And yeah. so having that, but then no real cell phone connectivity, no nothing, no emails, man, there's just something to it, you yeah. know? And then there's just something like it's it's like it's almost like we're supposed to be like that mm-hmm. and then when you harvest something you're like oh yeah oh. this is like it just felt how it's meant to be yeah it's meant yeah. to be i mean man has always hunted always and that's what gets me about people that are anti-hunting like you know man has been part of the food chain for a mm-hmm. long time you know that right and, and <laughs> forever and these animals die way worse deaths oh yeah you know overbreeding or over you know overpopulation or uh, wolves kill things pretty yeah, pretty vicious. Death in the wild is is not easy, not pretty. Um, it's you know an arrow, a perfect arrow like what you released on your bull. That bull went fifty or sixty yards, I think you Folded said. Up, yeah, I mean, death in the wild is never going to be anywhere near that. Mm-mm. That that's a merciful death, in my opinion. And you offer that animal that because of your hard work and making a good shot. In the wild, it's going to be painful. Yeah, it's going to be drawn out. It's going to be starving predators weather something something and uh so i mean as a hunter i like the fact that we accept the f- that animals are dying for our survival right animals are di- dying for everybody's survival even if you're the most staunch vegan still animals die wherever <laughs> they live in a house where there's animals where this house is right now this land had to be cleared it displaced animals killed animals um whatever bread Food. you eat the agricultural, you you drive over or around where where fields are being harvested and there's buzzards flying all around because all those rodents, birds, different things are dying. Um, so yeah, I mean, life causes death. That's just how it goes. You become the dirt when yeah. you're dead. We're going to be part, you know, like it's just part of the cycle. What? Yeah. Hunters, hunters accept that. And uh, yeah, so we've talked about that, you know, anti-hunters, um, they're pretty vocal, but 96, 97% of people in America eat meat. Yeah. And so, man. You know, we were talking about it yesterday. I, I think I I kind of, my, your following is predominantly hunting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mine is not. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of like, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be who I am. Yeah. And I, I think part of the, you know, I, I did poke the bear a little bit with my post. <clears throat> um, I, I believe I said, called uh, people that I said, you know, vegans, vegetarians, I can, I can respect, (laughs) I can respect, uh, your opinion. We don't have to agree. Yeah. Like, and then I think that's problem with our society right now is we can't agree to disagree, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, you live your life and I'll live mine. And then the one that gets me is people who eat meat, not people who eat meat and don't hunt. Hey, yeah, that's your right. People who eat meat and are against hunting. I, I called them cowards because, hey, you know, like yeah. it takes, it's not easy to take a life. Like there's, like, I think oh, people I just think that you're like, there's I a bit of, re- there's a bit of remorse. And I, I and then I never it. really experienced that until like I told you, I kind of, my, my hunting upbringing was Turkey is where I kind of got mm-hmm. my start. And so I remember killing the first Turkey and I was like, mm-hmm. dang, I kind of feel bad. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, but this is going to go, like, I'm going to eat this. My kids mm-hmm. are going to eat this. You know, my wife will not eat it, but, um, it, uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's part of life, you know, death is part of life. And, yeah. and as long as like you're saying, you do it as humanely as possible mm-hmm. and it's going to be a way better death than, you know, something else getting a hold of it. Yeah. Well, I do respect how you've, you know, been unapologetic in hunting and explaining to your followers because it's really easy. People, people want everybody to like them. Yep. They don't want to rough rock the boat at all. So they'll just kind of 
kind of water it down and you say how you feel. Good friend of mine, Jim Hensel, <laughs> said if fifty percent of people love you and fifty percent of people hate you, you're doing it right. You yeah. know, like you can't you can't please everybody. Right. And um I'm just gonna gonna live and try to show people, hey, this is this is how we live. Yeah, and it's odd because the CrossFit community, I mean, they're that that muscle has to be fed on something. Yep, it does. That's <laughs> I mean, my favorite. Is like you look at people who comment, and then you, I don't, I don't have um, social on my phone anymore. But if you would go back and like every once in a while, I'll check and just see yeah. off somebody else's phone. I'm like, let me see what this comment. Oh, they're eating a hamburger. Yeah. You know, like chill out. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's a, but that's the way it goes. I mean, you know, there's going to be people disconnected from food source in society. That's just the way it goes. But if we can explain it better and maybe yeah. paint a clearer picture Educate. we're not going to get the the psychos on the no. animal rights activist side we'll get the people in the middle and they'll be like wait i remember reading something from rich froning right and he talked about being a provider and merciful and this and that and made a lot of sense well i think too with like the videos like mm -hmm. you show that hey you realize how much or how hard we worked it wasn't like we're not driving around in a truck yeah and oh it's there's no something gimme. let me go shoot it you know yeah. like i think people just see this like kind of redneck mentality. Oh yeah, let me go. That's what they think hunters are. And then I'm like, let me explain to you, go watch this video and see how much we suffered and like worked. And it wasn't, you know, everybody's like, oh, this defenseless animal. I'm like, defenseless. We're yeah. in their territory. Right. They have all these senses. They know the land. Like mm -hmm. it's not, it's not as uh, cut and dry as people think. No, I think and, they think. And getting within bow range of an animal that's hunted pretty much every day. Yeah. Trying to survive every day. You know, we live in the mountains for one day and we, it, it would just be one of the hardest nights ever. Mm -hmm. They're out there every, every single day. day. They're so tough, so dialed, so tuned in. We're going into basically their home and trying to get within bow range and then release a perfect arrow. There's a reason why success rates are so low. So low. 10%, yeah. under 10%. 10%, yeah. And uh, that means, you know, nine out of 10 guys are failing. So yeah. It's, I've it's, been that guy. It's, it's, no, <laughs> it's no gimme. It's no gimme. Um, so what's your what's your goals like? So right now we talked about the games, but mm -hmm. what's your goals moving forward, just in the life of Rich Froning? Yeah, I think you know, obviously my kids. I don't know. You can't really put a a goal on just producing good kids and making sure that they're uh, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think you've done a good job, so um, that's a goal of mine is being a good husband and father. So um, it's more about them than me. I, <laughs> I, I tried to screw them up. Right? They, yeah, that's true. They overcame me. We always joke because our youngest is a she's just sweet and just you know you tell her to do something and you try to like like with other two it's it's, it's heavy handed. You're like hey. Yeah. And with Violet, you're like, hey. And then she's like, okay. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I even raised my voice <laughs> yeah, with you. Know, you I'm like, what did to. we do so wrong with the first yeah. two that we did with? But anyway, so, <sighs> uh, you know, that's obviously a thing um, that I want to, that's kind of forefront every day. And mm -hmm. then uh, mountain biking, we're doing, um, the goal right now is to do the Leadville 100. Mm. Um, I want that big belt buckle. It's a nine, yeah. nine hours. Um, so, so you have to finish in under nine under hours? Under nine hours. Okay. So that's the goal right now. Uh, we're doing, I'm doing a couple of mountain bike races to lead up to that. We're doing a 12 hour in coast in uh, Mesa Verde and then doing a 24 hour in Amarillo, mm. um, relays, partner relay or team relays. Mm -hmm. Um, those are big things. And then, man, I want to, want to get it back out West next year and, 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 uh, hunt a couple of times, get boots on the ground. And, you know, I, elk is, that's kind of my passion right now, but mm -hmm. eventually, you know, I'd like to, you know, say I've killed a moose or, you know, caribou yeah. or something like that. Get up to Alaska just because I want to go to Alaska. But, man, I last year and and, uh, you know, I was talking to Hill and she's like, you know, if, if 
you didn't have me or the kids. What do you think you'd be doing? And I was like, I really, now I think I'd be going from September to November and out <laughs> West, you know? Yeah. So there's something about it and, uh, really want to pursue that and keep doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you shoot that RX seven. Well, I mean, I'm that- going to start shooting more. So now that I've got my checklist, I can, I can just, you know, it was hard before that. You're like, am I even doing this right? You yeah. know, like, you know, I'm shooting arrows and they're pretty decently grouped, but now mm-hmm. I have like things to think mm-hmm. about. And for me, that makes sense. You know, yeah. there's some things that I can, all right, I know I need to settle a little bit more and let my pins rest on yeah. the like versus just as soon as that pin hits right. hole. And so now that I have some cues and mm-hmm. things to think about, I, I think I'll, in, not, not that I didn't enjoy it before, but now I'm like, I feel like I'm making progress before where I was like, I'm just going out there shooting arrows and, yeah. and I don't really know how to assess my progress other than how are my groups, you right. know? but am I really doing everything the same way? Mm-hmm. Now I can kind of like, okay, yeah. I've got these things. Well, that's, that's the biggest advantage to having a good archery pro shop. Yeah. Like the bow rack. Man. It's like most, a lot of people, you know, there's hunters all over the United States. There's not a lot of great pro shops. Wayne, if, if anybody's passing through Eugene, Oregon, go over there. Cause that was, like I said, one of the mo- most helpful things I've ever been through, mm-hmm. uh, as far as technique on a bow for sure, or definitely yeah. on a bow. Yeah. Well, he's, he's just been through it, Yeah, you know, over, see, I think he, he bought the bow rack, I think 30 years ago. Yeah. We were, it shows we were pretty young and, uh, he's just helped thousands and thousands of people. So every guest who I have come in, I always a, take them there. That was a huge ad for sure. You know, like we've got people in CrossFit that you're like, oh man, go to that guy or that girl mm-hmm. and they coach well. Like we've got the Bergeners, they're a family of, of, he was Olympic lifting coaches mm. and they're just, you just know, yeah. you know, you know when somebody can connect and, and that's kind of the beauty of what we do with CrossFit is you just got people that you're like, oh, they got it. You know, mm-hmm. they know how to coach, they know what to see, they've got the eye. And so, man, that was, that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, well, you did a great job following an instruction. Wayne gave a great job delivering it. Um, man, it was just, and then we saw the end results out there. Uh, I was going to end up, I, I have a question I was wondering. Um, do you think that mental toughness can be developed or do you think you just have it? I think, uh, you know, I always get this like, how, how do I become a better competitor? Mm-hmm. And it's just per, like, for me, I'm like, I, I don't really know how to answer that. Yeah. You know, like, and I, mental toughness, I guess, goes along with being a competitor. They're almost interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe on an, at an early age, that can be developed mental toughness. Um, I think as we age, it gets a little bit harder. If you're like, the more time you have in comfort or being soft. And I think even mental toughness can be, can kind of come in waves and go, you know, like the more you can get comfortable, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's people like us that like being uncomfortable. There's a little bit of probably a little bit of uh, mental something going on there, you know, a little like uh, we were talking about a little abuse of some sort. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think it, it needs to be developed at an early age. And I, it, yeah, with the, the older you get, I think it's harder to, you know, like you've had, you spent so long, so much time mm-hmm. on the, the easier side of things that if you don't catch it early enough that you're, it's going to be hard to develop. I yeah. think as you, as you get older, it's harder to develop. And so if you can start it at a younger age, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I said, that's, that's the main reason for the farm for us mm-hmm. when we started, uh, Froning Farms was I wanted my kids Three to have kids. something they had to take care yeah. of and we were going to do together. And it, I guess it's been it's been about three years ago, mm-hmm. spit and snow, kind of crappy night. Um, 
it's wet and it's got to go put out hay. And, yeah. And so we, at this time, now we're soft. We got a closed and closed cab <laughs> tractor. But at that time, I just had the 40, 40, 40, 44 R John Deere open cab. Yeah. And I'm walking out, put my boots on in Lakeland. My oldest is like, where are you going? Like, I got to go, got to go put hay out. And yeah. She's like, I want to go. And I'm like, Lakeland, uh-huh. it's nasty. It's cold. It's wet. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going. Yeah. And man, it was just, I'm like, all right, this is yeah. it. This is why I do this. And this is why we're doing it. And why, you know, you put this in It's because she, she was out there. We were out there for mm-hmm. an hour and doing different things and going to check fences and stuff like that. And she was just right there, you know, mm-hmm. in her little boots and her, you know, one of my jackets, I think a huge jacket. And she's yeah. just right there with that. And, you know, she's, I think at that time, six years old. And mm. I'm like, all right, this is it. So, yeah. and it, it's cool. You know, that's, that's what we get to pass on. And, and, uh, it's the next generation, right? Well, do you think, what about when you want your kids to develop toughness and you say, Hey, I'm going to need help. And they say, no, I don't want to go. Oh, we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're coming. Yeah. If, okay. And if you're not going to come, I'm going to find something else for you to do that yeah. is, is less desirable as well. And that's what it was when I was a kid, you know, it was like, all right, uh, either you go find something to do yeah. out in the woods, out in the yard. Mm-hmm. or I'm going to find you something to do. And so for me, that was like, all right, we're going out in the woods and, yeah. and you know, building forts or doing whatever, wrecking my four. I think my dad would have rather me probably him find me something to do than the money he spent fixing four wheelers for <laughs> me breaking things. But I, that's what he always says is I was good at, I was good at breaking shit, but he would make you go do stuff. Oh yeah. Get yeah. outside. Oh yeah. If, if I, <laughs> so this is one of the times he's like, Hey, go out in the woods. And he just bought me a, a 22. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're out in the woods and we're, we're going to go hunting, right? And we're going to hunt squirrels and see one squirrel. And so we get back to the barn and there's on the, the power wires, there's the telephone boxes. Yeah. Those black boxes. Yeah. Well, it's a good target for yeah. a 12 year old boy. Like, I wonder so if I'm I could just, hit that. So I'm just pop. Oh, nice pop. <laughs> Shoot probably 10 holes in it. Right. We go back out in the woods and I've got a BB gun this time. I don't remember why I had the BB gun. We come walking up and the, the, phone companies there oh and they're like you've been shooting holes in this i was like no i I can't shoot holes in it with this you know my dad's like looking at me like they're like this looks like a nine millimeter or something or whatever and so yeah dad's like let me see that pellet gun he's trying to shoot holes and no holes in it yeah so he's like did you shoot this with this and i was like no (laughs) wasn't a lie wasn't a lie a couple days later he's like you shot that with that 22 didn't you and i was like (laughs) You asked if I shot it with the pellet gun. <laughs> and so I never, I surprisingly, I never got, he's like, you didn't lie to me, so I can't get mad at you. He's like, but don't effing do that again. You yeah. know, like just doing dumb stuff. Oh, was the detail. He didn't ask the right question. It's not and your that's fault. what he told me. He, he, he's always told me, he said, never lie. Yeah. He said, but a- only answer the questions you're asked, you know? So, so you think your mental toughness was developed from your dad? I you think, think my but, mom and my dad. My okay. mom and my dad are the two hardest working people in the room. Okay. Like my mom never sits still. Scott can attest to this. She's always, she's like, I always equate them to sharks. There's mm-hmm. always moving. If they stop moving, they'll die. Both of them are like that. My yeah. dad's just like, when I was a kid, it'd be like, oh, you know, this project. I'm like, all right, we got this project. There's no mm-hmm. more projects after this. And then he'd come up with another project. My mom was the same way. She'd mm-hmm. like edge around the trees mm-hmm. and then like just random stuff. I had to pick up apples from underneath apple trees because mm-hmm. she didn't want to run over them with the mower, mower because yeah. there's wasps. Oh. She'd make me go out there with a with a wheelbarrow and pick up apples and yeah. throw them in the woods, you know, like just <laughs> dumb stuff. Yeah. She was one of nine, uh, farmer kid. And so, you know, both of them, like I said, are the, t- I would say they're the, the, the base. And then that was just kind of, 
um, reiterated by my high school baseball coach. Mm. Um, just mental toughness and working hard and outworking people. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody's always working. And, and so it just, I think, like I said, that was that perfect storm of that side was my parents and then coach Schaffin for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the ge genetics and the talent is one thing, but without that mental approach yep. of outworking everybody, outworking people, yeah. I can remember when I worked at the fire department, you know, like after five o'clock's your time, you mm -hmm. know, so you're there for 24 hours, but after five o'clock, you could go do whatever you want from five o'clock till nine o'clock. When I'd go to bed, I'd go work out mm. just not CrossFit. Cause I didn't really do CrossFit at the time. Just kind of what we did last night, but just yeah. one after the other, after the other, the guys would be like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. This ain't going to get you anywhere. But <laughs> I'm like, I just, I just can't sit still. I don't, you know, this is what yeah. I want to do. I enjoy this. And then I'm like, Hey, it did pay off. And you know, they're like, ah, oh, working out's never going to get you anywhere. You just need to come out here and sit and watch TV or do whatever. And so, yeah. um, I just, well, I, it's cool to look back at some of those moments and yeah, some people, they, you know, they, they don't want to see you working hard because it puts Makes pressure feel on bad. them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I, I get that part. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm always curious on, you know, with your kids being the age they are and, you know, everybody wants their kids to be tough. And it's like, I, you said something that reminded me of one time, uh, true, my other son, he's, he skipped cross country practice. So I got home from work and I said, why aren't you at cross country? And he's like, um, I just wasn't feeling good. I go, you look fine. He's like, I feel better now. I go, oh, okay, well get in the truck. We're going to go to Pisgah. And so we did 10 miles. It was raining over Heck there yeah. and he never missed another, never missed another practice. But, but then, then on the flip side, it's not like I have all the answers on no, the, no. because I remember Tanner one time said he had a sore throat and I'm like, so you have a basketball game. You're gonna play. Turns out he has strep, strep throat. throat. <laughs> so it's like it's I've not been like I, I've I, been there. I'm all. I, I've made every mistake oh, as yeah. a parent, and that's why it's it's funny you're hearing fine. these. Stories. Rub some dirt in it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, I'm. I don't know. I, I put way too much emphasis on being physically tough. Yeah. And then I was just like, God, maybe I should have talked more about reading books. <laughs> <laughs> ne never asked them one time about any book they read. No, no, my, that was there was never any book. You know, now I, I actually enjoy reading, but I didn't. And I think until thirty, I don't think I actually read a book cover yeah. to cover because it was always like, oh, I'll read the cliff notes, and then yeah. and then it turns out, hey. I'm a horrible audible learner. Like yeah. I just can't listen well. I can't concentrate on speech. If I read something though, I can retain it infinitely better. And I'm like, wow, you idiot. You yeah. know, like I had good grades and stuff, but I could have been so much better yeah. had I actually done, you know, the work. And so it's just one of those things you got to figure out, you know? I, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. The, you don't only parent so much. Then it's, then it's on them. You know, that's what I keep telling myself. I'm like, <laughs> come on, I, we got to start parenting yourself. You're eight. Well, you'll, I'm sure you're probably way better than me, but I was no. a terrible parent with my oldest and then got, then actually turned the corner and was probably too soft on my daughter. Now she, she now she reads all the books. She makes up for all of us. But oh man, being a parent is is such a challenge. It's a challenge, but it's the best job on the planet. Love you know, it. and and you know, I to come back to faith, like it's I've I never knew what unconditional love was until mm -hmm. I had kids. Yeah. And then you're like, those yeah. kids can be the meanest, rottenest thing. Like mm -hmm. I was saying Trice, it would like he's not not vicious or anything. He's just wide ass open and yeah. he's an idiot. He's, he's a boy, you know, he just does, he mm -hmm. can break, he could break a tank with a rubber hammer. And I'm just like, what are you, do? you know, like dad, this dad, that, Hey dad, dad, dad. And I'm like, what? He's got a big personality. I love you, dad. Yeah. I'm like, Oh man, I'm <laughs> such a jerk, you know? And so it's just, uh, all my kids are like that. They're so much fun, but yeah, it's, 
it's being a parent's hard, but it's oh. fun. It's, it's fun, but it's hard. And I couldn't imagine life without kids. No, I mean, feel like the luckiest person ever to have to be the dad to my kids. Yeah. So I, I understand that for sure. Um, man, let's, uh, again, great honor. Uh, thank you so much for coming to, to Oregon and lift run and shooting with me. Yeah, I appreciate Dude, it. Man. I never thought it would happen. It was a dream for me too, man. We've, uh, we've looked up to you for the last, especially, you know, I, first time I heard you was on Rogan and then mm -hmm. after that kind of followed you and, and man, it's been an honor for us too. So I would appreciate you. And when, when, uh, you sent that text, Hey, you want to come out? I was like, I'm gonna make this happen. So oh. love it. Uh, thanks for kicking my ass in the gym hey, last thanks night. Thanks for kicking our ass on the run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we we offered both something new. Yeah, in, hey, in that regard, like I said uh, the uh, options always open to come to Cookville too. So I we'll know have some saw, fun. We I won't saw. make you do any CrossFit. We'll just we'll just have some fun. We got a big open gym to just mess around, and we got runners, we got trails, we got all kinds of stuff. So we, we can, can do all this, but in Cookville and give you a little taste of that. So a buy try take it on the road. There we go. There we go. We can do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was great. Uh, what we're going to do, and I, I do want to come out there and train with you. I, it, it'd be an honor to do that as well. Um, so what we've been doing at the end of these um, episodes is I usually give somebody a new bow. You already had, already had one, yeah. Evan great. Hoyt Rx, already yeah. hooked you up yep. with the sweet Hoyt. So what we're going to do is we're going to give away three bows to the listeners. There we and go. How you can enter to win this giveaway is going to be kind of random, but you have to leave a, a, a comment or a review on this podcast on all platforms. So do that. We'll uh, Love pick, it. pick a few people, yeah. give them a brand new Hoyt. How there we go. Sound? Love it. My man, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rich. Thanks for having me. Appreciate I it, brother. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Keep hammering. I think a lot of you guys will be interested in this next sponsor, First Light Farms is a New Zealand-based farm that ships elk meat straight to your door. The reality is not everyone's going to fill their tag every year, so First Light Farms is ready to fill your freezer with lean protein that is high in iron, zinc, and B vitamins. To tell you the truth, I've been pretty surprised at how tender the meat is from First Light Farms, and I guess it's because they have no natural predators in New Zealand, so the elk live a pretty low-stress life, and you can taste that in the meat. They're offering listeners of the podcast a 15% discount using code CAM15 at stateclub.firstlight.farms. The link will be in the show notes of the podcast for those interested. Hoyt Archery has been my bow hunting sponsor since 2005. And personally, I really don't care what bow you shoot, what brand it is. I just hope that you have the same level of confidence in your equipment as I have in mine. Because I know if I get one opportunity with my Hoyt, it's going to pay off.